Uh, I want to talk to you this morning on the last days of America. The last days of America. And I, I don't take joy in preaching messages like this, and I'm not unpatriotic. I love this country more than I love uh, any other country. I'm so grateful I'm born here. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, America's in trouble. And America's got a wound. And America is hemorrhaging. And America has a lot of things that have changed in it since the day I was growing up in it, and especially my father and my grandfather. If you don't believe that, all you need to do is open up a news report. Urban warfare in L.A., in Seattle, in Nashville, in Oklahoma City, in Salt Lake City, in Atlanta, in Chicago, in Detroit, in New York City, in D.C., in Philly, in Miami, in Vegas, in Cleveland, in Denver, in Des Moines, in Dallas, in Indianapolis, in Charlotte, in Kansas City, in Pittsburgh, in Columbia, in Wilmington, in Portland, in Phoenix, in Tampa, in San Francisco, and more. Hoover, Birmingham. 82nd Airborne on standby to display, deploy to Minnesota. Violence erupts near White House. National Guard deploy. Secret Service clashes with crowds. That's just, that's just the top few minutes of the headlines. That's your newspapers, folks. That's your headlines today in, in the paper. Uh, uh, you know, officers uh, neck slashed amid Jacksonville riot. Philadelphia police... I could go on and on and on, and every time I started to want to talk about bringing this, and I didn't want to bring us down today, and I thought, God, there's got to, if, if I bring something like this, there's got to be some hope at the end. I can't just bring, the, this generation's already battling hopelessness. I don't want to bring such a message and then leave us with hope. So, so hang on till the end, because there is always hope with Jesus Christ. Amen? There's always hope with our Lord. And so let me pray. But we got to admit uh, the, 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 the reality of where we are as a people and as a nation. Amen? And, and, and you can go listen to all kinds of, 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 of people to prophesy to you smooth words, but, but when we're not in a time of that. Or you can go into God's Word and find out what His Word says to nations and, to, and what happens to nations and what happens to societies that turn their back on God and continue to ignore the warnings of God. And it's clear all through God's Word. And so I want to pray. And then I want to just talk to you this morning. Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your Word, God. Lord, we thank You that uh, You are on the throne. We thank You that nothing is happening in this nation or anywhere else that You have not foreordained. We thank You, God, that You are alive. We thank You, God, that any, any, that any demonic force is on a short leash and can only go as far as You allow it to go. We thank You, that God, that one day You're going to come and put an end to all uh, wickedness, God. One day You're going to come and You're going to stop the madness that's going on in this society. And the only reason You don't now is You're long-suffering. You're desiring that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Like we just sang, the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. It's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. And You are so good, God. You're so good. You're, you are here with us now. You are so good. You should have already withdrawn Your presence from a people like us. And yet, You keep coming to us, God. You keep pursuing us. You keep loving us. You keep allowing the sun to rise, God, and set so beautifully in our skies. You continue to give us good things. You continue to allow beautiful things 
things to come our way. You give us beautiful babies like this one on the front row, God, that I had the pleasure of laughing and spending time with. You're good to us, God. You're good to a sin-laden people. You are good to a people that turn their back on You and yet You sent Your Son to be pulverized on a cross for them and for me so that we can live eternally for you, with You. You're on record of how much You love us. You want the world saved. You, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, God. You, you take no pleasure in the suffering of the wicked. You take no pleasure in it, God. But, but God, you, you, we, we've got to understand the time that we're living in. We must understand the season now. God, the hour is very late and we want to be a people that are ready, God. The church of Jesus Christ needs to rise up, God. We need to have oil in our lamps. We need, God, to have when the midnight hour comes, and there's been many midnight hours, God, from Paul and Silas in a midnight hour, God, to, to so many others in the Word of God at midnight when the, when, the, when the darkness, the gross darkness came, God. It exposed those who had oil in their lamp from those who did it. Oh God, let this be a time now where people can see clearly those who have oil and those who don't. Those who are able to stand right now and those who are not. And while there's time, God, the only difference in the five wise and the five foolish is there was no more time to go and get oil. But there's still time today, oh God. And may people be wise enough to take advantage while there is still time and while the darkness is exposing, God, what's really inside of us now, God. We want to be ready. We want to be a people that are ready, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The last days of America, the great empire is crumbling the way all empires have fallen. You just study history. Just be a student of history and a student of God's Word. And you see that a dread release that gets released upon societies that turn their back from God. Ezekiel 14, 13 and 14 says this. It says, When the land sins against me by trespassing grievously, then I will stretch out mine hand upon it. I will cut off man and beast from it, though these three men were to pray and asked me to stop. Though Noah and Daniel and Job were in it, and they, sh uh, they should deliver uh, but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Even if they were in the midst of it praying, they're the only three that would be delivered from such a place. God has never destroyed societies without ample warning. He always warns His people. He always warns His prophets. He always sends people. He warned Noah before the destruction uh, of, of the earth back in the days of the flood. Noah, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven seven, being warned of God of things not yet as seen, moved with fear. He, in other words, he took the warning. He heard the trumpet sounding. Folks, I'm telling you, the last trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ will rise and those of us which are, are alive and remain, we'll, we'll all be caught up. We'll be changed in the moment of the twinkling of an eye. But before that time, there are a lot of trumpets that get sounded and I'm sounding one today and I believe there's watchmen on the wall that get raised up in times and seasons like this. If people will only listen that God sounds a trumpet and says, warning, warning, warning before impending doom and judgment comes on a nation or a society or a people. God warned Samuel. He, he warned of the downfall of Eli's ministry and the destruction of Shiloh, if you remember in the Word of God. These are in your Bible. They're written in the... Hey, in the New Testament it says these are written for your examples unto the ends of the earth. 
This is for you. This is for you to heed. This is for you to look at. This is for you to study and see what happens. Jeremiah prophesied of judgment on Israel because he said, The Lord has given me knowledge of it, and I know it. Then thou should sh- uh, showed me their doings. God revealed to Daniel. He revealed uh, him when he went into the Word of God. And he began to show him how Babylon, uh, the, the destruction of, uh, of Jerusalem, and how they would be led into exile into Babylon. And then he showed him at just the right time when that captivity would end and when they would be led out. How God would love them and in a moment of time release them out of such captivity when the judgment had accomplished its purpose. So in every age, God communicates His warnings to His people folks and let me tell you he has done it he's done it in this nation through men like Billy Graham through men like David Wilkerson he has thundered his word from pulpits and in society men like that went on to be with the Lord the other day like Robbie Zacharias he has thundered from David Reagan's of the world he has thundered messages like this but a lot of people just turn it off and they want to hear pillow prophets tell them the good times are ahead and only good things are are ahead and don't want to hear the truth they just heap to themselves itching ears telling them exactly what they want to hear. But God is always community. He spoke to Moses face to face. He spoke to Joshua through an angel. He spoke in visions and in dreams. And today He is speaking to us again and again and again. And in the Old Testament, prophecies of destruction were based on sound biblical deduction. What I'm saying is that people who were students of the Word went into the book and they studied patterns and they studied what happened to nations in the past and they became acquainted with God's mercy and with God's long suffering and they began to study the word and they came to understand what God does and how God moves and how God judges and they're able to calculate certain things in the word of God like when the end of captivity would come Daniel 9 2 I Daniel understood by the books by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet and then he said the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses the servant of God because we have sinned against him and it is written in the laws of Moses all this evil is come upon us for we obeyed not his voice Daniel 9 11 and 13 and 14 and and we can go into the book and do exactly what Daniel did he's basically going to Deuteronomy 28 and he's comparing what he's seeing Raymond in their people and in their society and he's saying what what, where are we and where do we line up in this, in this thing and in this book? Do we line up in the blessing side or do we line up in the cursing? Here, your forefather, if you didn't know it, George Washington stood in New York City and said, America, let me warn you. You ought to read the words of your founding fathers despite what they teach you in school, which is revisionist history and lies. You ought to read the truth where he opened the pages of Deuteronomy 28 and he said, America, it would do you good to heed the words of this prophecy and of this book. If you do it, blessing will come upon you. But if you do not, you can expect cursing to come upon you. And I sure wish we would heed the words of Washington and Jefferson and Madison And those great men who gave their life's blood and their fortunes to come over here and to give us a place of liberty and freedom. 
And, and so, so let's go and look at Deuteronomy 28. Let's do what Daniel did. And let's do what our forefathers did. And let's do what other people have done. And let's see if our nation sounds like their nations did in the day that God brought judgment down upon them. I want to give you 12 curses, fearful curses, that came upon them in Deuteronomy 28. And let's just compare your world today and let's just see what the Bible has to say. Number one, a curse upon our cities. A curse upon our cities. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy 28, 16. Basically, he's saying, if you observe the commandments of the Lord. Now, I know this is old covenant, but I'm still going to tell you, God still deals with nations. He still deals with nations. Just open up the book of Revelation. Just, just look at fires in, 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 in London years ago. Just look how he deals with nations on the face of the earth. Just listen to Jesus' words about Bethsaida and Chorazan and, and this one and that one. And the Tower of Siloam and the judgments that came in those days. Just look at Titus coming through and destroying after Jesus had prophesied Rome AD 70 how Jerusalem will be raised down and lowered and set on fire. And tell me it doesn't still happen today. He says, A curse be upon your cities. Deuteronomy 28, 16. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. America's cities are doomed. Just turn on your news. Just look at your streets rioting in the streets right now. Just look. Just go into the crack houses. Just go walk down inside the cities at night by yourself and find out if it's safe to go. Ask Will Cousins back there who's a police officer in our city streets. Ask them the kind of things they deal with in America's cities that were once safe to go inside of at one time. Cities are war zones and have become unlivable. They're like third world nations now. They're like third world nations. Cities have become the Listen, 1.2 million incidents of rape, robbery, aggravated assault, and murder in 2018. 381 incidents per 100,000 people. And ask if our cities are not cursed because of our sins. A curse on your economy. Listen to Deuteronomy 28, 17. Cursed shall be the basket of your storehouse. Refers to the gross national product, which I think is negative now. Your GDP is negative. That's not good, folks. Your banking, your reserves... I will break your staff of bread, Leviticus 26, 26, meaning widespread unemployment. If you haven't looked at the unemployment numbers since COVID-19, they're, they're, they're growing and they're staggered, staggering. A curse will be upon our futures. Uh, the third curse there in, in, that we will see in Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, 18. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land and the increase of thy cattle and the flocks of thy sheep. 
We were burning crops and throwing them away in this nation. Farmers destroying food. Some can't even grow. The meat industry is being shut down in our nation right now over and over because of a, a plague uh, that we have in our nation, in our city. Number five, plagues and incurable illnesses for those who do not do the Word of God in Deuteronomy 28. The Lord, He says in, in, in verse 21 and 22, the Lord shall make the pestilence or sickness cleave unto you with a consumption and with a fever and with inflammation. The Lord will smite thee with a botch of Egypt and with a scab whereof thou canst not be healed. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and with blindness and astonishment or panic of your heart. Deuteronomy 28, 27 and 28. The Lord will smite thee, verse 35, with a sore botch or a boil that cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. This nation in the last years has seen the outbreak of AIDS. We've seen Ebola. We've seen SARS. And now we're seeing this horrible coronavirus that is taking effect in our nation. And ask yourself, are we not experiencing some of the things that we're seeing here in the Word of God? Number six, dust bowls and areas of drought. You see in Deuteronomy 28, the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust from the heaven shall it come down upon thee. All sent from heaven right here is what he's saying in Deuteronomy 28. Number seven, insignificant enemies will pour out, uh, uh, insignificant enemies will put our armies to chase. Deuteronomy 28, 25 and 26, the Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before them and thy carcass shall be meat unto the fowls of the air. And we see in this now in our nation, we're seeing the, the, the things that have, we saw our soldiers dragged through streets of, of nations uh, years ago and we've seen this kind of, these things going on now. Look at number eight, an epidemic of divorce, an epidemic of broken homes erupted in this nation from the time I was a little boy until now. And Deuteronomy 28 30 says, Thou shalt be betrothed the wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and you shall not gather grapes thereof. That's most of the people in our nation now. Ask, are we not facing these things? Keep watching your sitcoms and ignore it. But the Word of God, keep looking on your eyes. They're in the streets over there, tearing the cities down, but they got to be on their phones. Instead of in this book, saying, how do we stop this? How do we change this madness? A wave of bankruptcies. If I'm scaring you good. A wave of bankruptcies. Deuteronomy 28.31 Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face and shall be given unto the enemies and thou shalt have none to rescue them. The day in that day, oriental custom of the creditor taking everything from the debtor for restitution. We have waves of bankruptcy in this nation. I looked them up a while ago just since COVID 19. J.C. Penney, Blockbuster, Radio Shack, Sears, Dean and DeLuca, Earth Fair. That's the biggies. 
And there were tons more. Just start reading the list of the, of the bankruptcies that are going on in this nation. The loss, number 10, of an entire generation of youth. Deuteronomy 28.32. This is what Daniel's going in and comparing and looking around him and saying, my goodness, this is us. And I'm looking at it and saying, my goodness, this is us. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fall with longing for them. The horror of drugs in our young people. The sexual immorality. The, 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 the hollowness in their eyes as they burn buildings in the streets. And take pleasure in, 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 in killing and, and, and looting. Carrying alcohol out of stores. I watched it for hours the other night. Deuteronomy 28.41 Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them. For they shall go into captivity. Our sons and daughters are in captivity, if you haven't noticed. They're in captivity in their minds. They're all got anxiety. They're all, they all can't do anything. They're, they're in captivity in this world now. And then just absolutely we've lost, uh, not you in this room, thank God, but we've lost entire generations of youth in this nation. 11, the prosperity of other nations at our expense. Listen to what Deuteronomy 28, 43. The stranger that is within thee shall get above thee high and, and thou shalt come down low. In other words, strangers have devoured the strength uh, of these nations and you know it not. Yeah, the gray hairs are here upon the head, yet he knoweth not. Whatever the crop, whatever the fruit, the stranger shall swallow it up. Number 12, and lastly, you say, thank God, you will become a debtor nation rather than a lender nation. Deuteronomy 28.44 He shall lend to thee and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head and thou shalt be the tail. Folks, America used to be the biggest lending nation to the world. Now we're the biggest debtor nation to the world. Do you know how much money we borrowed the other day in COVID-19? It's staggering. Do you know how much money we owe just over this COVID-19? It's mind-boggling. On top of the other 20-something trillion or more that we already owe back to people. And people keep getting up and prophesying good times ahead. Don't worry, America. The party will last forever while at Belshazzar's feast and the handwriting is on the wall. I don't like this. I was about to throw up before service. Nineveh was the capital city of the mighty empire. And God raised up prophets to warn of impending judgment. Jonas rose up and said, That great city whose wickedness has come up before me. Nahum called it the bloody city full of lies and full of robbers. 
It spread out 30 miles in circumference. It had 100 foot walls. You could get three chariots to race on top of this great city. It had 1,500 towers. In Jonah's day, it had some 600,000 people, 120,000 children within it. It had large uh, standing army, an undefeated army. It was a great merchant city like New York. See, it's today where people flooded in and flooded out. And under Jonah's preaching, it exhibited a form of repentance but sadly after a little while it returned to its wicked ways again and, uh, and God was quickly put out of the mind of this people and they returned to wickedness and they were exporting their wickedness all over the world and Nahum declared God is jealous and is furious the Lord will take vengeance Nahum 1-2 and they were drunk with pleasure they were drunk with success they were drunk with prosperity they were drunk with pride and God said, woe, woe. When God delivers a woe, it's not good. Woe to Nineveh. God is going to bring judgment on you again. He had already pronounced it one time. Jonah stopped it. They stopped it with a national repentance. And then God said, now it's coming again. And see, Nahum, Nahum anchored his prophecy about all of this in the coming destruction of the revealed Word of God. He did the same thing Daniel did. He did the same thing the others did. He was a student of the Word of God and he went into the Word of God. He didn't just get some fly-by-night dream or vision, but he went in and studied nations. He studied people. He studied past societies and, and especially a society called Noamon, the Thebes of Egypt. And it was the capital of the Egyptian empire. And he studied what happened to them, how that they had their coffers full from people all over the world and, and their temples of false gods lined up. If you don't know it, the Pope came out the other day and said all gods, uh, all roads lead to the same God and, and, and pushed this ecumenical prayer. And if you want to know what's so much more odd, if you don't think it's demonic, and if you don't think that, uh, it, that, that this thing that Satan and God is the ultimate battle of what's going on, guess what day he did it on? You might want to take a stab? May 14th, that may not mean anything to you, but that's when Israel was born. And a lot of things, if you go back to the history of May 14th, that happens in the nations of the world, that wasn't by chance he picked that day. It was not. Why, the, the, the day that he picked was, was not by coincidence. And, and so, so, so Nahum studied uh, about Noamon. And, and, and Jeremiah prophesied against this city's idolatry. He, he said, Behold, I will punish the multitude of No and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods. Ezekiel prophesied against it and said this. He said, Execute judgments in No and cut off the multitude of No. It was an impenetrable city. It was surrounded by water, kind of like America is. It had satellite nations of Ethiopia and Egypt that were her strength. Put and Libya were her helpers. It, it was, a, it was a, a size of a city about like Nineveh. And the the world thought that she was impenetrable. The world thought she was invincible and she would live forever. And yet, listen to what Naaman says in Naaman 3.10. Yet was she, no, carried away. She went into captivity. Her young children also were dashed in pieces at the top of the streets and they were cast lots for her honorable men and all the great men were bound in chains. Naaman prophesied, art thou better than popular no? And I want to ask that to you in this place today, America. America, are you better than popular no? Are you better than Sodom? 
How come people like Billy Graham said, if, if, if God doesn't judge America, then he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah? How can we throw those things out there? But do we really believe them? And then Nahum says this to them. What makes you believe God is going to judge all these other nations and let you escape? When your wickedness is far greater than theirs. Why would He spare or commit worse sins in this nation than He did in those previous nations? What's different from America than Sodom? What's different? Are we better than Noah's generation? Are we better than Lot's generation? Are we better than Noaman's generation? Are we more deserving than Nineveh that God wiped out? If you are, you think way too highly of yourself. Why would He spare us who commit worse? Nahum said this in 3.11, Thou also shall be drunken, and thou shall be hid. And what he's saying there is, and it's what's happening to us, it means this country will become powerless and reduced to nothing because of their sins. It just, it just means the problems are going to accelerate in that nation. If you look at our hospital system, it's, it's crumbling. They're saying it's crumbling. They're worried about it. It's unmanageable. we got addicts running in the, in, into, the, into, the re, into the places every day uh, and, and overcrowding the rooms. We've got freebasing and cocaine going on in hospital rooms. More drugs are brought up to the hospital by, by people, by family members that are given in the hospital. We're smiling, but it's true, and it's sad. Because I've seen it. I've seen it. There's no, he told them there's no cure, there's no possible solution. Our jails are overflowing, resulting in the release of many criminals. They just let out a ton during this, this uh, pandemic that we're in. Our penal institutions are a horror. Their houses of rape, violence, hopelessness. Ask Will. He lived in that, he stayed in the prison for three years here in Jefferson County and saw all sorts of things. Our courts can't handle the caseloads anymore because of so much violence in our nation. Our schools are the shame of the whole world. The schools are devoid of morality and our welfare system is in total chaos. Am I telling the truth or am I telling the truth? And the trigger that set off these awesome judgments, Nahum 1.11, there is one come out of you that imagineth evil against the Lord a wicked counselor. In other words, God pours out His fury when a nation turns from ignoring God to plotting against God. From ignoring God to now they're plotting against God. And we're seeing a world that is doing that. In other words, they shake their fist at God and dare Him to react. We dare you to react. We dare you. In other words, they declare war on God. Read Psalms 2. Read Psalms 2. We're talking about Psalms. The Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. They laughs. They cast off restraint. They gather together to make war against God. That's the whole end times is, is the world finally gathering itself and saying, God, we don't want you anymore. We don't want your ways. We don't want your kingdom. We don't want your Bible. We don't want your rules. We don't want your, the way you're doing things. And they begin to cast all of that off and they begin to march against God in His holy city. That's the end of the book. 
And God comes with the armies of heaven and begins to fight against that and institutes a new heaven and a new earth. Nahum 1.6, who can stand before His indignation? And who can hide or endure the fierceness of His anger when He comes? Now let me give you in closing four specific judgments that God inflicts on a nation. And then I'm going to give you some good news. Amen? Amen? Like Nineveh, unless we have national repentance, we have an incurable wound. We need a miracle. We need a miracle of mercy. I mean, we've been, what have we been saying? If my people, how many of y'all put that on your post? I see it every other day. You know there's something wrong. You know we need repentance in this land. You know we need to turn back for, to God and heal. And He's wanting to do that. He's waiting for us to do it. But it seems like with every calamity, we just get harder. I'm not seeing that. 9-11, the churches were filled. And then after a few days, they were emptied out and we were worse than we were before. Coronavirus, everybody's screaming. I, well, you locked our churches. I got to get back in church. And now nobody's coming back to churches. They said the other day that the, the statistics of people watching their church online had just absolutely dropped off and nobody's doing it anymore. And the people who just kind of went to church before now aren't going back at all. Four specific judgments God inflicts on a nation going down. Number one, in Nahum, it says there'll be no end to the corpses. There'll be no end to the corpses. Corpses it says there's a multitude of slain and a great number of carcasses and there is no end of their corpses. They stumble over the corpses. The prophet saw the sword coming into the streets and he saw people stumbling over the bodies. And folks, all you need to do is turn on your news. 9-11, we saw our nation. We saw them pulling bodies out of rubble. We, we saw COVID-19 the other day. We saw them digging ditches in New York City and caskets lined up one of another just in there. We, we've seen caskets from war. Our war troops coming home and bringing them the, the flag-draped caskets and our presidents over those dead bodies in the streets, my friend. And so many corpses that we've all become immune to it now. We don't even think anything about it. We see it in the streets. We've seen dead bodies from AIDS. We've seen babies in dumpsters. In dumpsters. We see moms come out and take their babies and throw them in a dumpster. We have the highest abortion rate in the entire world. We literally saw doctors and politicians saying, we, we want to give you the right to take a baby out, put it on the table, and decide whether it lives or dies. We saw nurses getting them on tables and acting like they're little puppets. And you tell me we're not under judgment? Are you in the same world I'm in? You can almost hear the cry, come you grave diggers, come you pallbearers, come you embalmers. He says, David says, a course of no end of corpses. Number two, the loss of national purpose. Naaman 3.5, I will show the nations your nakedness and thy kingdoms your shame. Nations which once feared and envied Noamon stood 
and, and, and discovered that she was weak. The terrorist on 9-11, just a few little people had discovered that America, who they once envied, was once the, the envy of the world, now has a weakness. Now she is weak and now her borders are penetratable. Now drug lords laugh at our borders down there and they just come through going in and out, carrying guns, carrying, carrying drugs into the, the city that was once impenetrable, now they just come in and out at will. And that's what happens to all dying empires. They become soft and they become effeminate. Just look at Rome. Just look at Moscow. Just look at, 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 at anyone you want to in the history. Look at, look at London before the fires. The, the sun never sits on the British Empire, and yet she, she, she absolutely becomes weak. Unwilling to stand for anything. <coughs> and then thirdly, a baptism of filth. <laughs> Nahum 3.6, I will cast abominable filth upon you and make you vile <coughs> and will set you as a gazing stock. In other words, you, like Nineveh, will become the shame of the world. You know, we export, we're the biggest export of pornography in the world, billions, billions. We export smut all over the world. We export filth all over the world. Our Hollywood movies... What does everybody know in the whole world know about America? They know about Hollywood. They know about the filthy, dirty, sick movies that we watch that take the Lord's name in vain, that have absolutely or practically X-rated. And we export that to the whole world and we're proud of it. And it says this, it, it, that's what we see. Moses warned Israel that sin would bring any nation into desolation. He says, your enemies which dwell therein, they'll be astonished at you. And America is now has experienced a baptism of filth for years now. We're drowning in pornography. We are drowning in violence. We're drowning in, in, in an appetite for perversion and sadomasochism. And now even demonic activity. Our young people are literally delving into the demonic. They're delving into the supernatural. They're delving into all sorts of things. And, and, and it's just become a barrage of this open filth. And there's no more restraints anymore. And then fourthly and lastly, Nahum warns, if you don't turn back, there's a massive depression which there's no escape. And when you say the word depression in America, it scares people to death because we idolize money in this nation and materialism. But it happened in every past society in the throes of judgment that, 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 that this is what happened. And because of Israel's unfaithfulness, the Lord said, sent, He said, an insidious enemy will destroy your economy. And that's exactly what happened there uh, to Noam. And they, they came in, the, and, and the enemies came in, and, and they began to spread over them and spread out. And they came in and looted their nation. And I got news for you, folks. It's only a matter of days. I'm not saying this because I want it to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But I'm here to tell you, it's only a matter of time before Japan, Taiwan, Korea, Germany, uh, China, Take the money and get out of here.
It's only, it's only a matter of time. They're gonna, this massive debt they keep buying. And they keep holding on our behalf. It's only a matter of time before they quit buying our government bonds and we will not be able to finance the mass. There's no way we can finance the massive debt that we have in this nation. And it will tumble and it will fall. And Zephaniah warned, he said, Desolation shall be in your thresholds, Nineveh. He said, the birds will sing in your windows. And I'm going to tell you what, you will see empty buildings in our cities. You will see empty buildings in our streets. And you will see birds of the air in those buildings. And you will see desolation in many of those buildings. If we don't turn back to God and repent of the things that we're doing, we'll see some of these very things that came upon these nations in the past. And a day is coming like that. When will all of this fall upon us? I don't know, but I believe it's been set into motion. And if we don't do like Nineveh did, in that first time we must repent we must fall on our knees we must fall on our faces and we must ask God to help us in this name in this nation if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face uh, you know if they'll, if they'll seek the God of heaven and they'll pray and they'll repent then I will heal their prayers and I'll, I'll, I'll heal their land and we need that so desperately but I got even better news than that I got even better, better news in closing If you want to search to find out what happens to God's people, just do what they did to search out what happens to nations that turn their back on God. What happens to God's people? What happens to God's people in times of like this? Now let me tell you something. God's judgments are always redemptive. And God has not suffered His people to, to wrath. Thank God. He has not suffered His people to wrath. Uh, but let me tell you, His judgments are always redemptive. They always are in love and they're always to turn people back to God. He first prospers the people and prospers them and prospers them and when that won't work, He hits the staff of bread in hopes that they'll turn back to Him or He'll lead them into a wilderness in hopes that all their idols will dry up and they'll turn back to Him. And folks, that's exactly what happens. But let me give you some good news in closing so we leave out of here happy and we leave out of here with hope and that's this. When, when all these things came on the earth in these times of judgment. What about the people of God? Go into the Word of God and you'll see exactly what happens to the people of God. Noah and his family escaped the flood. They were preserved. Daniel and the Hebrew boys survived the furnace and the lion's den. Praise the Lord. Lot heeded the God's warning and escaped a perishing society before judgment came upon that perishing society. And I'm convinced if there had been one righteous in Nineveh that God would have gotten that one righteous person out and spared the city because of it. I'm here to tell you what. God takes care of His people and He's a stronghold for His people in the last days. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm closing with these last couple of scriptures that just to be of encouragement to you. What time is it? 12.07. I'm sorry. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knows them that trust Him. He knows you if you put your trust in Him. Psalms 31. In Thee, O Lord, I will put my trust. Be my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For You are my rock and You are my fortress. If you get on the rock, you will be saved. You will be okay. You will 
will stand and God will take care of you. No matter what comes on the nations, no matter what comes to America. Listen to what Psalms 31 says. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord of truth. And thou hast known my soul in adversities. And thou hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. This is my advice. Prepare now for what's coming on the world. That's what I think COVID was about. That's what going into our rooms, I believe, and shutting the door and having a time to, 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 to spend with God it is it was about uh, right now is that we spend those time with God and know that we're citizens of another land. We're citizens of another country and God is with us and He will be for us and not against us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to close. I'm going to pray. And remember this, if you think my message was a little too harsh. Remember it was Jesus who forewarned of a day coming so frightful that what? Men's hearts will fail them for fear as to looking after the things that are coming on the earth. Those are Jesus' words. Those are Jesus' words. But do you remember what He said? When you begin to see these things, look up. Lift up your head. And do you remember the greatest part of this? Because your redemption draweth nigh. Praise the Lord, folks. Lift your heads up above the rioting, above the looting, above the sexual immorality, above the perversion, above the judgment that's already come to the house of God when we saw ministers falling and we saw all this wealth going on in the house of God, all this homosexuality flaunting, all this sexual perversion flaunting, all these things that we've seen go on and now we're seeing judgment coming into our society. If society, if judgment begins, it begins at the house of God. And then it moves into society. But lift up your head and rejoice. Your redemption draws nigh. God, hallelujah. Father, I don't want to bring, I don't take delight in bringing difficult messages. I don't, God. But I look around like great men and women of old and I just see what Your Word says. I look at even the history of nations. God, I've gone into nations like Romania where in one day, the whole nation was changed. Communism took over in a day. And they were in bread lines. God, I don't say that because to scare people. I don't say that because I want it. But one of their own stood in this pulpit and warned us to please heed the history of their nation and please heed the Word of God and repent. God, it's time to, to mourn. It's time to weep. It's time to howl. It's time to lament over what's going on in our cities and in our streets. It's time to, God, it's time to repent. 
God, it's time to call out to God. It's time, God, for us to ask for Your help, God. It's time that the anguish of the Lord come back into our hearts, God. You weep over what's going on in the nations of the world, God. You so want it to change. And God, we want it to change. And God, please do a work first in Your church and rise us up. We are to be the salt in the earth. We are to be that which preserves the cities. We are to be that which preserves the world, God. Salt preserves meet. We're to be that which preserves the society. We're the very pillar of truth in society. And yet God, we have not spoken out, God. We've not held up that standard of truth. And society is confused now, God. Help us to become salt and to become light, God. Help us not to put our light under a bushel, God. Lord, let us go out into the places, God, where darkness is now and let us so shine before men that they see our good works and they glorify our heavenly Father. Oh Lord, this world needs Jesus. They need Jesus God. We need Jesus. America needs Jesus God. The world needs Jesus God. Lord Jesus, we watched uh, several years ago when Ronald Reagan stood and, and, and communism was at its height. It was suppressing. Darkness was suppressing most of Eastern Europe and East Germany. And, and uh, our president stood there and said, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And in a day we saw the mighty Soviet empire brought low God brought low the nations are just a drop in the bucket they were brought low overnight and their economy was sent into shambles God because of their sin and because of things that have gone on oh Lord let America heed the example now God let us heed the warnings let us heed the examples while there is still time God take the apathy out of our heart God let young people know there is hope there is hope in God you took care of your people God you took even when even when the the diaspora took place you took care of your people even when Daniel and Shadrach Meshach and Abednego went into captivity you took care of. In fact, you elevated them to places of prominence in those nations. I have no doubt, God, you will take care of the remnant. You will take care of believers in this nation. You will look after us, God, no matter what happens. But it is my prayer that we, the people of God, will rise up. And it is my prayer, God, that there will be some sort of awakening and there will be some sort of revival that can take place in this country. Oh, God, help us now. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. God, help us to heed your word and to follow your commands in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.